Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome into the PHNX Rising podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook app. Make sure to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and maybe even leave us a five-star review. I'm Owen Evans, joined by Deadwin himself, Edwin Perez. Edwin, how are you doing tonight? Good. Are we going to have to start a new hashtag with Ramon gone? He is not Ooh. here today. So is there going to be a new hashtag cooked up in the comments? We'll, we'll, we have does, to see. It doesn't quite fit, does it? Your name fits that perfectly. I mean... It, it does. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just scary. too perfect. That's the it, problem. Yeah, it's scary how good and how how much the story fits, even with Sean DePaz, which is obviously the fans love so much. So uh, it just makes sense. But Ramon, we're going to have to make up a new backstory and try to figure out a hashtag for it. Well, maybe it's Sean again. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. It maybe. could be. You know, I'm just saying, if there was anyone I was going to go in and look at, look at, you know, who's behind this, it might be Sean. I, I think all the fans would agree. Well, at least I'll agree with that. <laughs> Well, we've got a lot to get through today, so let's get let's kick off straight now with looking at the elephant in the room, which is, of course, that Rising lost on Sunday away in Carson. 3-0 to LA Galaxy 2. You know, is it going to be a somber show today, Edwin? Uh, I mean, it's a little bit, because I, as you kind of saw it in training, and uh, we haven't read Owen's great article. Uh, I'll give it a plug. I mean, the man got a promotion to host today, so I'll give him. I'll give him a plug for his story, so he doesn't have to do all the work by himself. But uh, I, I guess the boys are not as as much of a somber mood, so maybe that's how how we should be feeling. But at the end of the day, a three zero loss to a team Los Dos that I don't think is as talented as some of the squads that they're facing. You got to be at least a little somber, Owen, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's still hard to get over because it's. It's not just a loss, is it? It feels like that margin of victory. And it wasn't quite like, you know, the previous year where you've got those goals late. The goals came early. It felt like they fell behind quite quickly. It It's hard to feel too good, really, looking back on it. But but besides that, of course, some people did have comments. But look, let's start off by saying Rick sounded pretty clear about how he was feeling earlier this week. He put out this tweet yesterday on the topic. And I'll read it out now. We start a new week, but must learn from our mistakes. We were naive and did not give our opponents enough respect. We were punished by a good team. This will help us to improve. We must work hard to be ready for our next opponent. So that was Rick yesterday. At the end of today's training session, I got the chance to speak with Rick about it. Here's what he had to say on that. Uh, you know, you, you watch the first 15, 20 minutes and you think to yourself, how are we down 2-0? Um, uh, I think you know, the first goal, yeah, we talked about it. We had over-rotated a little bit. Whether he was trying to cross or shoot, it doesn't matter. It, the ball went in the goal. Um, we should have been able to close down faster. But we made individual mistakes that got punished. And uh, goals change games. 
And I think that was part of the issue. It wasn't tactics. It wasn't effort. It wasn't that we played poorly. We created, I think we out, almost outshot them. Um, we did a lot. And even with 10 guys, I thought we were very good. But now that I've had a chance to kind of rewatch it, really think about it, uh, I wish I could take my words back in my social media posts because I don't think that we underestimated them at all. I, I just think goals change games. So that was just a snippet of what Rick had to say today. There is more, as Edwin said in my article, at gophnx.com. If you haven't already signed up, now's the time. Become a PHNX member and unlock a world of Arizona sports coverage you never imagined possible. Remember that your membership covers all the sports we cover, so not only will you unlock all of my written content, but you get access to some of the best coverage from across the valley on the Suns, Cardinals, Coyotes, D-backs, Sun Devils, Wildcats. And of course, now we're going to have some Mercury coverage coming soon. Head to gophnx.com and become a member of the family and you'll either get a free t-shirt from the phnx locker or your first month for just 50 cents now let's dive specifically into those comments from rick okay the ones that we just played it felt to me almost there as though he's suggesting they were a bit unlucky on the night even it it's it's for me i don't think it's fair to say that though obviously that's us reacting i i agree that's kind of what his sentiment is saying but uh I don't think it was just that they were unlucky. I mean, you saw it in that first half. I mean, we all had an honest chat, you know, during halftime and said, Rising deserved to be down, right? This is not a, not a Rising team that deserved to be in. Yes, they could have gotten a goal in there, which would have changed the match completely. Um, but this game, Los Dos just controlled it. It just seemed like it could have been easily four, five, six, zero. Right. And that and that was the discussion we were having. It was not that should Rising deserve a point out of the game. It was more of Los Dos finishing was terrible. They should have gotten more goals out of it. It just looks like they, they got what they wanted attacking wise. That defense wasn't strong at all. And as the common saying, Jose, the Phoenix Rising backline was Swiss cheese in that game. I mean, it, it just it just wasn't I, for me. It's just crazy that he believes that this was just a unlucky game for them. And I don't think that's fair. I do like the sentiment, though that he said at the end where he was like, we didn't overlook them. You know, I I, I want to take that back. Cause I was like, that was the early part of the season when we saw back-to-back losses, that was the excuse. Fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll agree to that then, but you can't be saying that, especially now moving forward with the tougher schedule, tougher teams are going to face like that can't be the excuse for rising. You know, every game's going to be tough, but here's the thing though. It might, you know, we can look at it as though it's an excuse, but could it be true? Do you think that Rising went in this perhaps a bit? Because remember, LA Galaxy 2 aren't a team that have won a lot of games. You know, they beat Monterey Bay, but realistically, everybody's beating Monterey Bay at the moment. They they managed to beat RGV at home. They'd come to Phoenix, you know, a few weeks previously and lost 3-1. Do you think that maybe there was that little bit of naivety still going in? Even though now they're trying to downplay that, it, it just feels as though they should have come out better against a team that, quite frankly, was was poor and we can talk about and i know michael's mentioning in there that santi should have had a goal and yes rising did have chances they didn't convert but again la galaxy had chances they didn't convert they could have scored as you said four or five games in that four or five goals yeah, sorry no no yeah no absolutely and i, and I agree to you agree to you there right when you look at the opponents they're going to face coming up the one that you may overlook would have been los dos right and that's clear but I think the mentality, especially after these last few seasons, what Rising's got to realize is no matter what team you're going to face, they're going to bring their 100% because 
they treat this as their championship game. This is what they treat as as their model of what we can do against tough teams because they know Rising is one of the top teams in the USL. There's no question to that talent-wise, at least on paper, right? So you got to realize that teams are going to do that regardless of how good they've been or, you know, how they've done in the league. So you just can't take uh, you can't take that that approach of saying, okay, we were just naive and all that. Yes, I get that. And that's fair, in, especially in a game like that. But when every team's going to put their 100%, especially Los Dos, I mean, you saw it. They got the goal in the second minute. Was that a shot? Was that a cross? I mean, that's up for debate. But they were not afraid of rising, and they took it to them because they said we're we're not going to back down. So rising's got to be prepared for that moving forward at least. And let's, you know, I, I, there's a lot of comments in the chat at the moment now that are talking about they think the tactics were wrong. Um I think it's not a good sign, is it, when your best play is coming when you've got 10 men on the field, right? And that yeah. that's, in some ways, it's a positive, right? They kept fighting. They did actually have a fair few chances in that second half. But the best play is coming when the other team are 3-0 up and you've got a man advantage. It, it, oh, they've got a man advantage. It's... That's just not a good sign, is it? I, I don't think that Hurst necessarily worked in that role as well as as Rick might want to, to say today, but it it just felt as though, as a whole, even if they were creating chances, they couldn't stop chances, and Rising just weren't clinical, which has been a, a problem we've seen all season, right? But yeah. even... You know, even looking at some of the others, right, were they necessarily the best chances? Some of them were, were definitely, you know, caused problems for the goalkeeper. Um, but that's the thing. We're not talking about uh, as though their goalkeeper kept them in this game. No. no. We're talking about a situation where Rising couldn't get on the score sheet, didn't for most, for, you know, large spells of the game, look especially capable of getting on the score sheet. I mean, that first half was, it, it was bad. Let's, was, let's just be straight. It was bad. It was abysmal. It, it was abysmal. So, and I agree with you with the Greg Hurst. I I did not intend in, to enjoy that tactic, especially when he's been your, your best number nine. I think he's got to be that that number nine guy. But I'm curious. I'm going to throw it back to you, Owen. It looked obviously it's easy now to look at that game and say what you would change. But what what you know tactically would you change in, in that game or maybe moving forward that clearly did not work in that game because, I mean, I think that's what obviously led up to three goals. Obviously, the red card changed the game completely, but also tactically, it just seemed it was a little bit of a mismatch. I think what we kind of had was, I know Rick after the game suggested that it was it was because Arturo hadn't been performing, but we also kind of are getting into a, a spot where Santi was ready to come back, um, though he didn't start, obviously. Um, there was no real willingness necessarily to drop some of the other guys like Joey. Joey had caused some problems in, in games past. Uh, Marcus, for whatever, you know, we, we've had questions over Marcus. I know for some people there there's questions of patience. You'd hope that he's, you know, improving and continuing to, and from speaking to him today, he's, he's definitely, you know, trying to work on where things went wrong for him in the final third, you know, where he could have had chances to score goals or where he had chances to better set up uh, teammates. And where did that go wrong? But and then you've got Claudio, who Claudio hasn't been—I wouldn't have said—on form lately. Um, and so it's just trying to mishmash everyone in there together. And for whatever reason, we see that kind of four that just didn't feel right. Now, of course, having Joey Calistri out there maybe was a little bit helpful when Darnell gets sent off because you've got a guy you can slip back there to right back. But it—it it, it just didn't 
I, I don't know. To, to me, you're looking at going back. I think Arturo needs to come back in. Um, I think that's just where we are with that. I think that then you're looking realistically, if Santi's ready to start, you probably want to start him because he caused a lot of problem off the bench. When he came on, he, he looked pretty decent, as did Arturo. Um, and so you're realistically dropping one of Hurst, Repetto, Epps, and, I mean, Calistriel. We, we don't know if it was very, you know, cards close to the chest on on what's going to happen with the suspended Daniel King, obviously, but the best guess at this point, of course, is that probably a Joey Calistri at the back kind of kind of situation. It's just a lot to kind of break down. And it's, it's hard because Michael's now bringing up, of course, in the chat about Lambert back in midfield. That's something that we've been thinking about, but then do you want to take Luis out? And, and there's just so many moving parts to this where certain bits may have been working, but some of it's may have, not have longevity to them let's say yeah and they've worked in games but that doesn't mean that you can just turn to that as the new default um it's a difficult it's really a difficult one it's a difficult it's a really difficult one because i think i agree with a lot of what you said and i think a lot of it for me is shifting also lambert back in the midfield because of you're gonna have availability of siever it looks like which we'll talk about a little later in the back, but you also have options in Musa coming back from in, uh, coming back from injury, injury possibly, and you have Manuel Madrid. So obviously that opens up a whole different realm. But also what's also what's also hard to kind of talk about tactics and all that is I'm trying to think of whose fault it was in that last game that they struggled, right? Because like you you want to you know reflect on what happened, what went wrong, and which players you know didn't work out. How can we shift? For me, I'm trying to find the one player to stick it on. And, and it's not it's not to, you know, come and to criticize them, but it's to see how they can improve and, you know, move forward with it. And I think that's where the question gets hard for me. I don't know if you have a strong feeling about someone, but I just feel like as, as a whole, there's just points in everyone's game that just was flawed, right? Because I'm not going to go and pinpoint it, oh, this was on Repetto for not having, he wasn't informed, right? That, that was 100% true. You know, Lambert who has been consistently strong defensively, he, you know, he was out of, out of position a few times. He was just, he, he, he just got out, out, out played sometimes. Right. So it's, it's hard for me to pinpoint one person in that performance what makes it hard moving forward, at least in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, if, if you want to go down that, you know, if we want to go down the route that, that Rick was suggesting, which is it's not on the tactics, it's more, it was not even about the mentality, but it's, it's about individual errors. You then got to move on to the next question then, which is, well, where are we putting the fault? Because yeah. to me, I guess, if you're going to go down the individual errors, there's one person in particular you're singling out kind of, and, and I think we all know who that is, because there's only one real individual error that you'd say led to the complete downfall of the game. Um, yeah. And that was the red card, which utterly killed off any chance, really, of a comeback, I think, at that point. Um I mean, beyond that, you're either talking about the fact that there are, you know, you're talking about the fact that there are so many individual errors, effectively, yeah. that it ground down play at times that it that it looked like it did, in which case that that's far more of a... I don't, I don't know. Personally, I look at that as though it's more of a negative thing to look at, even. That just yeah. execution all around was not there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it, it's a whole team unit kind of 
because I don't want to place it on one person. Obviously, you mentioned, you know, the, the obvious, which is the right card. And obviously, that's something to, be, to discuss. We'll discuss in a little bit. But but other than that, I mean, you can't really go, OK, this one is on X, Y, Z. You know, yes, they, they all had a, a failure. But I think as a team, they, they, all of them just did not play well. I think Los Dos just outplayed them. And you can take away as a team, this is where things went wrong and this is what we need to change. Right. And that's where I'm focusing, because as you mentioned, you can get you can get to nitty gritty of pointing out everyone's mistakes. But that's going to be looking at it very negatively. And also that's just going to be reflecting on the team. Uh, you're just going to keep reflecting on it. And with with the lows, uh, with rising, the schedules are going to get harder. They have quite they have a busy schedule coming up, especially with the Open Cup. You got to move forward, because if you're reflecting on that past performance, I'll tell you, games not going to get easier. I mean, you, you, you got a heck of a schedule coming up. Well, you know, one thing actually on on that game specifically now, we heard from Rick about falling behind early doors, that that kind of came out of nowhere. And it didn't really give him a chance to get into the match. And, and Marcus Epps said similarly today as well. So how critical do you really think it was that they went behind so early? I, I think it was more critical for Los Dos than it is for Rising. Because I think for Los Dos, I mean, you're facing an opponent, obviously, that had come off a month that was 6-0, and that are starting to figure out their things. Obviously, they're, they were not 100% like progressing-wise or at their top peak, but they're figuring things out. It's one of the harder teams in the league. And you get a goal in the second minute, you're feeling much better about what you're doing early on. You feel much more free, much more easy, that you don't have to be defensive the whole time, right? Because I think in their mindset, they thought Rising was going to score at least one. Especially with this team and its attack, you 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 got to assume that they typically score one goal. Obviously, that didn't turn out to be a fact, but that's from that's the side of the fact. So that one that one goal is crucial for them. For Rising, I think it can be mentally deflating, right? Because you go out in the game, you're feeling good, you're feeling confident, especially after a good month, right? And you give up that goal, that's going to hurt. But one goal should not be the end-all, be-all for this team, right? The one one goal, this rising attack, who they have off the bench and who they have on the starting lineup talent-wise, you cannot let one goal deflate you too much. And that and that's where at least I turn my attention to. Yes, it hurts you, especially that early on in the game, but I think you just got to rally your team, your, your team up and you got to realize, yes, we're down 1-0. This was a tough mistake, especially on a goal that of that matter, you know, and what happened. You got to say, listen, it happened. Let's move forward. We got the talent. We got, we got, you got to believe in your tactics that we're going to be back in this game. Yeah. it. You know, we've seen Rising come back so often. In fact, I've seen, uh, I believe since 2019, there is no team that has more come from behind wins in, in USL than, than Phoenix Rising. So it, it, that's, that's almost the problem. Um, it, Tell us one thing that's working and one thing that is not for each line. That's, ooh. That's interesting. That is interesting. That needs some thinking. You know what? I'm going to flat out say initially, though, that I'm not putting anything, regardless of what anyone may have wanted to say or or bringing up in various social media platforms on on Sunday, I'm not putting any of this on Ben Lund. Let's be clear here. There is none of this, none of this blame for yes. what happened on Sunday can be put on the goalkeeper. So there's a there's one start, right? One start is we're just going to say there isn't a not thing, thing not working necessarily at the back uh, in goal. Sorry. Defensively, I think that they are still dealing with, you know, while, while we can talk about how Kev brings more pace, 
um, and and perhaps a different kind of play to the others are. He's still a little bit struggling positionally, I think, at times with reading quite what he has to do and gets caught. And and the fullbacks, especially then, sometimes also get caught. I know that it was brought up in the chat earlier that Darnell got caught a few times in that game, and he did. Um, I think that that's something where the fullbacks still are a little bit vulnerable, um, which is something we've gotten used to seeing with Rising. But but again, it's it's a topic that comes up again and again. Um, it, it's something we need to consider in that. In the midfield, I think that while you've got guys like Luis and, and Quinn can can take long-range shots, can can create things in that way, they didn't really feel like they were controlling that game against the Galaxy 2. Um, it felt like there were spells where they weren't necessarily as creative as they could be. Um, and then up top, I think that it's a question of just not if you're going to play Claudio, you've got to play two Claudio strengths, if that makes sense. And I don't think they've been doing that. Now, alternatively, is you don't pl- try playing to Claudio's strengths and you go with Hurst, but but then, you know, it's it's all these different trade-offs and it's hard. Um, I think that Marcus is still struggling a little bit with um, just not necessarily committing to his runs as much as he should and, and taking people on as much as he should when... Those are winnable uh, chances. Sometimes he'll slow the game down when he shouldn't necessarily be slowing the game down, and it's it's all kind of things like that. Um, uh, that wasn't necessarily a clear answer to what Scott was no, saying. No, I think we broke down kind you of. You did very well. You did very well. I mean, I'd say just to add on that, I agree with the Ben Lunt. I I think you cannot blame any of what happened that game on him. Just look at what look at the performance all season long. I mean, he's been the reason why they've hung in his games why they've won those games. So you cannot blame him for last one. Defensively, uh, the only thing I would add is that defensively, it's been the most kind of threatening defense I've seen. In, in previous years, I think, you know, the defense, you know, they've had their struggles and all that. And I think it's what we're continuing to see this year. Except this year, I think they're creating more chances. They're being more threatening in the box. You know, when you see Emmanuel Madrid, and I keep I keep talking about him a little bit is because he has been one of the most reliable attacking options with his head. And I think that's what we're seeing more defensively. You know, Lambert with his run and, and the goal that he made, even from defense. So we're seeing that. But also the flip side, as you're saying, they're getting caught, you know. So so that's the flip of it. And midfield, you, you did great highlighting it. I mean, just add Aiden Quinn. He looks great. I mean, I just think they're just not controlling the game as much as they can. But I think the talent-wise – I think that midfield is just spectacular. They just got to figure it out and who they're going to play, especially if you're going to bring back Lambert. I think you start Arturo and just talent-wise, those three midfield, I don't think they're, they'll are they be most of the league, if not all the league. And then front three, as you're mentioning, I mean, I think it's just a, there's some players that are still needing to figure out their form, especially with on Epps. But for me, the highlight is uh, you got San- Santi, who is starting to get into his form, right? He's he's becoming threatening and more threatening as the season goes on because we we've been waiting for Santi more game. He's getting into his own. And Greg Hurst, I mean, what what a reliable option they found. I mean, he's he's an all around guy who's who, who's doing it, and you gotta applaud him. I mean, I and for Repetto, nothing against him. It's not that I'm criticizing him. I just think the crossing hasn't been there for him, and I think that's just an, another flaw of what's been happening this year. And let's let's just bring in because Jose's made a comment here in the chat about uh, better marking. Yes, I I actually yes. think that's a good point. Especially they're not necessarily tracking the players too well. The attacking players, um, especially in those transitional moments, I think that there are times when 
things just feel a little bit chaotic sometimes in the rising defense whereby it it feels like there are always people moving around and getting into space and the defenders aren't really tracking them very well um and it's that's definitely a complicated one but it it just feels like that's been the case, especially because, especially in some of those second half counterattacks that LA Galaxy 2 had, where it felt like they were bringing four players, rising and bringing four players, but the rising four players were kind of a little bit jumbled up and weren't quite sure where they were going. And then Galaxy would get a shot off or the cross would be bad or something. So the rising were bailed out, but it, it just didn't feel like it was. It just felt like a very, very risky moment, to be honest. And it happened multiple times in the second half. Yeah, and Greg made a point of it when he talked to us about, you know, going back and doing your role on defense. That's something he wants to do and something that he wants to take pride in doing. And I think that's that's going to be the whole unit, And which is why I think we're having a conversation of putting Lambert back in the midfield because, you know, he's going to trap back and do his role very well in it will too. The only issue is creativity and, you know, because I think that's been also an issue. But, yeah, I think Jose's point is just – you know, very, very honest and, and very truthful because this defense on its own, the back four is not going to do its job on its own. It's going to struggle. And it's if they if we're relying just on them four in the back, I think we're going to see a lot of score, a lot of high scoring. So that that just can't be a solution for them. Well, if you like us had to sit through that match on Sunday, maybe there was a way you could have made it more enjoyable. I mean, if you're sitting here through this somber show, Today, in particular, maybe there was a way you could have made it more enjoyable. Maybe you could have stopped by your local dispensary and grabbed some amazing scratch-made THC gummies from our friends at OGs. They just launched their new mini OGs free milligram microdose option for those not wanting to dive straight into their regular 10 milligram. Try the tropical flavor in either sativa or indica strains. These are now available exclusively at Zenleaf locations through the 11th of the month. If you're interested in trying the amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer, go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find OG's near you. So back onto business now, and we're going to pick up something specifically from social media and from a lot of the talk going on after Sunday's match. So Darnell King, the captain, obviously was sent off. People had opinions, strong opinions sometimes, some going so far as to suggest that he wasn't the best choice for the captaincy or that he should even be stripped of it. Well, I put that to Rick Shantz and Marcus Epps today, and here's what they had to say. They don't know who he is as a person. I think people watch the games and we all make mistakes and how we respond to our mistakes. Uh, he and I had a good meeting this morning and talked a lot about, you know, the performance versus being a captain and, and what it really means to the club and that um, he's he's still one of the best human beings. And, and I think people have to think long and hard about what they're saying about whether he should be a captain or not. Um, I remember times when other captains didn't have great performance and no one ever questioned that part of it. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, they don't spend every minute with Darnell. They don't they don't spend um, time around the team and see how much Darnell just, just kind of brings the group together in general, you know, whether it's saying good morning family to everyone, whether staying after, making sure guys are on it. Uh, on and off the field and the hard work he does on the field speaks for itself you know I think it's a little unfair to for him to be criticized on one one moment you know this season and I think he's been a great body of work this season on the field and then off the field there's not enough that can be said about Darnell and what he does as a captain for this group and we all believe in him um, the whole staff believes in him and stand by him 
Right, so Darnell is going to serve a one-game suspension, by the way, after his red card in that last match. That's what Rick told us today. Is just going to be the one game. Uh, Edwin, let's start by talking about how much we think the team's going to miss him in that match as a result of the suspension. I I think it's definitely going to be something that, obviously, it's, it's a huge hit. You know, in the defensive line where there's a lot of questions to be answered, things to be fixed, you knew you knew Darnell was someone that's going to start regardless, and you knew what he brought to the table. So you're taking that away, then you're asking questions about who's going to start in his spot, what's going to happen if you rotate, you know, someone like Flood or even Kalistri in there. Uh, what's going to happen with the defense? Who's going to be the communication, right? Because I think what Darnell does so well is he communicates with that whole back line so, so well. So who's going to do that? So I think just just for that impact, that's just going to be huge, you know, and and. Even even the people who are on social media, you know, clowning clowning Darnell and that mistake. I mean, I think this game you'll you'll realize why he's the captain. You know, there there you're, there's definitely going to be something missing back there. Yeah, and let, let's just be clear here because it, it was an entirely deserved red card. Okay, it was a moment yeah. of utter madness by him. I'm not sure quite what it was that he thought he was doing there, but it does feel like this is all just getting a little bit too far now doesn't it like when people are talking about taking the captaincy away from him for that i i i just wonder where that's coming from because it's a bad mistake let's not let's not beat around the bush there it was a very bad mistake in the moment but it's not like this isn't a sackable offense is it i mean come on no no, I mean, I mean, we've seen captains all all over the world and all and all over the place do much, much worse and still hold on to their badge to take one bad game. And yes, as you mentioned, you know, obviously it is a mistake and something that you shouldn't put the club in, in this situation. But we're not talking about something that's way worse. It's a one game suspension. He's going to learn from this. I think this is the biggest thing is this was his first year in the captaincy role. He still got things to learn about what it means to be a captain for this club, even on the field, right? So when you're frustrated, you can't release that, right? Because that's you know reason why some of the some of the other boys in this team may have not gotten the bat because you know they'll they'll take the fight to the players, right? Darnell's got to be the cool-minded head that that's there to communicate with the boys and make sure everything's going well. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's just a crazy take and and. You, you, as a fan, if you're a true fan of Rising and what it's meant, there's been much worse mistakes all around the world. So you really cannot be believing that you want him out as a captain. And I think that's the thing as well, right? We, even when we're looking at this from our perspective, okay, and we're not in the locker room, we don't get quite that same view. Um, but we, we do get a, a slightly different view to what the average fan does. And even just seeing the kind of way the guys react around him, seeing his personality and interacting with Darnell himself, you can tell that when when these people are saying he's the guy who brings the fun, he's the guy who brings the light and all of that to the locker room, I can believe it. It's That's the Darnell King that I think we've seen on the training pitch, on the actual pitch on match day, and just around in general. Um, that's it's always the impression that he gives off. And so I think that hopping in and saying that because partly and part of this, let's be clear, it's because people are, are on Facebook and they're just going, well, you know, he doesn't look like what I think a captain should look like and, and all of that, you know, Oh, he's not, he's not the one being vocal when, you know, after the one goal, well, that's, there are different ways of being a captain, right? It's, 
there are there are so many different ways of approaching that role that it's almost as though you can't just say because he doesn't do your preferred role that he shouldn't be there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's exactly that. There's this captaincy badge, right? I mean, you just look in, in the world of soccer, the, the one I think of that uh, springs off, off my head is Carlos Puyol. He's, you know, Darnell King's not going to be a Puyol and grabbing his players and do that. They're the players who have the captaincy badge all approach it very differently. And it's all about the impact you have on your teammates on and off the field in different ways, right? doesn't have to be the most vocal man, but I think what shows that he deserves that captaincy badge is the reaction from when he got it, which was all positive and all the team was excited about it, and his reaction to this mistake, right? What Rick and what Marcus said and, and what the team is, you know, saying to defend it, that just shows how much he beats the club and beats to the team both on and off the field, right? That's what a captain means to a club. So it, you got it. I, I'm, you know, obviously we're both on, we both understand the mistake and what happened, but you're, you're backing the captain, you're backing what happened. And it's all about responding to this. You know, it, it's all about what he does next. That's going to be huge. And when we look at the, you know, the, even just this conversation, this kind of criticism and speculation that, that's, that's going on, that we're having the talk about that's happening on social media, is this ultimately going to be helpful? Yes, I think it is just in the sense of how he's going to respond to it. Because, I mean, when we talked to Greg and when he faced criticism, we saw how he responded. And he responded very well and he moved forward. I think this Darnell, he's going to learn a lot from this situation, right? Right? He's going to learn from the criticism, right? He's, he's not going to take this completely to his heart and, and let it affect him in the negative way. He's going to say, yes, I, I messed up as a club. I understand the fans' frustrations and at some points. I got to be better on the field. I cannot let my uh, my frustration in the game take it out because that's not what the club needs, and I'm putting my club in a bad situation. So I think he's going to take that into effect. I think he's he's going to learn a lot from conversations because conversations are ha- are are being had you know one on one with Rick and with the team uh, about you know what happened there and you know moving forward. So I think just these conversations are going to help him grow as a captain because uh, as we mentioned, this is still his first year. There's still a lot to learn being a captain from a club, especially with high expectations and all that in a league, right? With with a very passionate fan base. There's a lot to go with it. And I think he's learning that. But see, there's a part of me that just feels like the fact that we're having the... It's, it's not the fact that we're having conversations and saying what the expectations need to be and all of that and, and reason discussions, say. So what we're doing is trying yeah. to be a, a reasoned here. And what Rick, I'd imagine, is doing behind closed doors is reason discussion my fear is is that the kind of like reactionary knee-jerk sack him as captain approach is harmful to someone who i think is at this point trying to work on what exactly his kind of approach to captaincy will be especially because it's very early doors right and he's following in someone's footsteps who've been doing this for a while and uh, and so you know he's trying to become his own captain He's probably got elements of Solomon Asante in his head that are, uh, but is that necessarily who he is? Um, and there's all these different things going. And I know that early doors things were hard because of the bad results to start the season. And Rick even admitted that you know there were times when when Darnell kind of took that to heart quite personally, and and he was having sleepless nights, and and that was somewhere perhaps where Rick needed to be a bit more proactive and helping him out as a captain and, and adjusting into that new role. But 
it's just that thing where I wonder it is the kind of fact that there are people as you know irrelevant as they might be uh, out there saying strip Darnell of the captaincy in in a, in an atmosphere like USL this isn't like it's not like big you know you know hu- playing for a huge huge club whereby it just gets lost in the noise some of these things do stand out a little bit more um and i, I just wonder if it's just adding pressure that's not necessarily needed um and i mean even let's be straight clear here if you wanted to strip him of the captaincy and this isn't a comment on darnell as a person and the fact that i think he'd give up i think it's a comment on the fact that if you want to strip him with a captaincy at this point, just be clear that you want his confidence to go through the floor. You want him to have an atrocious season because his confidence will go through the floor. And you've now got to work out what on earth you are going to do about that right back position. It, it's it's just stupid knee jerk nonsense that's ultimately not going to help anybody. And that's where I think I would worry is if there was an actual thought of stripping the badge, right? And if, the, if there was conversation right after the suspension, let's say King had, gets another red card, right? And then you think, you know, Rick would start actually thinking about it and then, you know, start looking into those comments, right? And that's where I worry because, as you mentioned, right, there's one thing, you know, the fans can say what they want right now and, you know, feel how they feel about it and say, remove it, it's not, not my captain, whatever. But then there's another thing to actually, you know, revoking that badge and and just what how that affects a player moving forward. As you mentioned, confidence wise and all of that, right? You just don't feel like you belong in the club anymore because you you failed as a captain, right? Your confidence is down as a player, right? You just don't feel like you're in here, you're in the right place. So it's it's just it's just utter nonsense. If we re- reach that. If we reach that moment, that's when I'm going to worry. But the nonsense right now does not have me worried too much because I know it's just fans, right? Just you know, mad about the results, mad about where where the club is right now, and they they who do you take it out on? Either Rick or the captain right now, and then obviously you can take it on uh, you know the higher ups. But those are the first two people that are going to face criticism with these results. So I'm 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 not too worried at least. We shout out the people in the chat here. Kieran saying those people are just mad. They can't complain about the beer lines anymore. Very similar <laughs> comment out of Tori as well. With, I mean, I think we can still complain about the beer lines getting better for sure, but still way too long. <laughs> uh, Scott here adding in that supporters are not used to the team struggling and don't know how to handle it, so lashing out at everything. And uh, Michael Vanderplas there, stupid, say it louder. Yeah. All right. Well, Edwin, let's change it up a bit and talk about our partners at the DraftKings Sportsbook. The NBA playoff action is nonstop on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total frees made, total rebounds, and more, and you have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a same-game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code PHNX 
only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 or over, Arizona only. Gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And of course, if basketball isn't your thing, if you're not riding on the Suns hype train, which let's be clear, you you should feel bad for not doing so. Uh, there is a lot of football to bet on with DraftKings as well now. So, Edwin, let, why don't we have a look at tomorrow's USL games? Yeah, well, let's take a little gander to it. Props to you on the ad reads. You know where I'm on today, and I know people earlier were commenting. So, props to you. I went with the great reads. <laughs> Only one little stumble in there. It's Only okay. one. I'm getting there. It Only one. It it's fine. It happens. It's and this is my first time doing this. So let's it's have a look at those games. Atlanta United 2 against Loose City. Who are you thinking? <laughs> I mean, this one's so tough. You know, you really <laughs> You know, you, you know the It's a heavy favorite, Loose City, there, yeah, is what we're looking City. at. And I think that maybe not one which I'd go to uh, to bet on that because no. they're too heavy. Now, Birmingham Legion against Miami FC. This one's an interesting one because you'd feel as though that Miami FC team do have enough in them to get a result away to Birmingham Legion. Birmingham Legion, a slight, they are a favorite in this. Uh, they're at minus 105. Miami FC are at plus 260. A draw is plus 220. Ooh, I like the odds on Miami. I, 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 I'm backing them, boys. I like the way that they're, they're starting to play. I think they're figuring it out. And, I mean, I think they're top five in the Eastern, um, given, obviously, it's early early days and all that. But I back I back Miami to get a result in that. I Yeah, I think that they've got a chance there. I don't think that Birmingham Legion have been playing their best football this season. So we'll, we'll have to see. El Paso Locomotive favorites against FC Tulsa. Of course, FC Tulsa have managed to pull up some surprises this year. Um, a lot of them at home, of course, but... But even then, when you're looking at a team that's plus 360 to win away in El Paso, El Paso are starting to fire now. That's the thing. I think they finally found that groove. And we are starting to see them actually, you know, do what they what we're used to seeing El Paso do, which is win games. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, mm, I don't know. I don't know. I back El Paso in this game. I think it, you, you mentioned it. They're, they're getting to that moment. And I think they're streaking. In, in the right direction, so you don't want to don't want to bet bet against them right now, especially you know with that, them being home. So I'll back El Paso. And then I'll pass. Uh, I mean, you can get the draw no bet on that. By the way, if you do want to go Tulsa route, uh, plus two fifteen, which to me, to yeah. me is not a bad bet. I think not there's a, a chance bet. of that. There's not a bad. chance of that. There's a chance of that. And then, arguably, the game of the night. Uh, Sacramento Republic against New Mexico United. That one, everything is plus money. So they are favored favored here, but not too heavily. Um, I don't know. I don't know what I'd go for on this. It's hard to pick, especially the way New Mexico has been playing as of late. It's hard to pick them. Uh, you'd think that they were going to eventually figure it out and bounce back, given, you know, what New Mexico does. But again, Sacramento. Good squad. You know, obviously Rising's yeah. going to face them soon, but they have a tough schedule coming up, right? They're going to have a lot of questions of how they, they face this upcoming week. So there's a, there's a, there's a lot yeah. to be said about this matchup. I don't, I don't know who I'd give it to. If, a, if I had to pick one right now, I would just pick the draw to be safe, but I don't, I don't know the way, what way I'd lean. Well, just to answer Harry's question here, we don't yet have a line for uh, Phoenix against San Antonio. Uh, we'll get that on Friday usually. So, 
yeah, we'll. Uh, I'm sure we'll be tweeting about that on Friday. Now, of course, if you don't want to look at USL for tomorrow, there is another game going on. Yeah. Uh, just a just a minor game, nothing too huge. Nothing the, uh, too con- big. Concacaf Champions League final second leg. Um, Seattle Sanders against Pumas. Looking at this now, you can get if you think that Pumas are going to win in 90 minutes, you get plus 330 on them. Wow! Really? Yeah. Well, given the yeah. history of the tournament, they're really putting what it the back. no MLS team has won this for years. Like yeah. yeah, and then especially the first game where I think Pumas could have edged it out and gotten the win. First game was a lot of interest, right? And I, I think the first matchup set up a really good second leg. But I think I'm bagging. Uh, I'm backing history, right? You always got to look back in history, and it typically is, is pretty right in the sense that. Um, the Mexico sides typically do strong and they figure it out. This is not the strongest Mexico Mexican side to reach the final and, and be there, but I'm still backing the Pumas to win it in 90. I like that bet a lot. You know what else there is? There's if you, even if you want to hedge your bets a little bit and say it might end in a draw, Pumas at plus 185 on a draw, no bet. Wow, really? And oh. here's another one. Here's another one. If you want both teams to score, but it not to end in a draw, hmm. plus 170. That's pretty good given for the, a game the that ended two all in the first leg. They could add more goals. Score. Yeah, I don't wow. know. I'm feeling tempted by that one. I'm feeling wow. tempted by that one. Well, we might have to look after the show. We might have to lay down some bets ourselves. We might have <laughs> to have a little look at this. But uh, you know, one more piece of rising business I think we should address before we uh, round things out here. We did get some updates on injuries and, of course, on the visa status of Sivat Haugli. So let's go and have a look what Rick had to say. Yeah, so Musa should be back. He's pretty close. Um, and uh, Sievert Haugli received his visa yesterday, so he's available for selection. Um, Channing had a high ankle sprain. He's probably out this weekend, but um, I got to you know, give credit to, to the Mayo Clinic. They've really been fantastic with us. They've done some experimental treatment. I think we're going to get him back quicker than normal. Um, and uh, Niall Dunn is pushing along. You know, he had a, a long-term injury, and I think the prognosis was originally July, but uh, we may have him back in training in June, early in June. So Niall Dunn could be quicker on the timeline than we were expecting as well. Positive updates, honestly. As a That's it's a good update. Like, and yeah. look, we've we've seen Niall out there at training. He's been doing a lot of individual stuff by himself, so. But he's he's working through it. We know that he's he seems to be in good spirits. Um, you know, I well, you'd expect him to be. He's a seventeen-year-old kid playing professional football. True. It's uh... <laughs> true. Why wouldn't he be happy? <laughs> but I mean, it's it's. I I don't know. It's I'm I'm happy about that. I'm happy to see that he's not too far away. I think that some of the other injury updates as well. There, James Musa being back ready. Channing Chasen, of course, causes a little bit of a. Headache there because he was one possible option to replace Darnell King if it came down to it um, for this for this next weekend. Uh, now it, you'd presume again, Rick kept things close to his chest. Said he didn't feel like he was ready to say what he was going to go with this early in the week. Um, oh, we've got a lot of players who can who can play in different positions, but he did. You know, I, I, th- I think we can all assume at least the most likely player to play there is Joey Kalistri, even if it's not going to be the player. And then, you know, the fact that Haugli's available. Uh, it's huge. It, it's huge. I'm, I mean, I, 
it, it, it's huge in the sense that defensively, the options are going to be there come summer. Think about it. We're talking about in the two center backs spots. It's going to be Farrell, Musa, Madrid, Sievert. Uh, who else am I missing? Uh, Dunn. Um, and possibly Lambert, obviously, depends on what they do in the midfield, right? So a defense that still hasn't figured it out is, is starting to get 100% healthy. There's got to be the solution there, right? There's got to be two two of those are going to be your best answer and going to be your best response defensively that are going to improve your defense, hopefully. So I think we're finally going to get some regression there. And Sievert, obviously, uh, it, it's just another exciting option, right? Because, you know, it's the unknown. Yes, we know somewhat about Sievert and what he's done, but what, what can he add to his defense? Is he going to be the answer or not? I think that, that just adds another bone to it that – Gets you excited, at least, to see what, what what he will do for them. We'll have to see, won't we? Uh, I'm sure we'll have more to talk about this on Thursday as we look ahead to the game on Saturday night. Remember to join us on Thursday. We'll be back here at 6 p.m. Uh, Edwin, you're going to be worse for that one? Or is uh, Sean going to have taken care of you? No, it's it's uh, sadly my final week, so I got to do it all with the boys. Um, so I'll, I'll be there in studio Thursday. Well, we'll we'll see if uh, Ramon returns from his unexpected departure. Yeah, I mean, he just or got the red uh, card. He, he's the one who's on the red he's card. He's got the red card, did he? Or if Sean has, has dealt with him more <laughs> sinisterly, let's say. <laughs> I'll, I'll back Sean and say that it wasn't him. I'm not... I'm not his accomplice. I'm not here to be a lawyer here. All right. Nothing of that. But I'll, I'll back Sean and say it was just a red card for Ramon. One game suspension. He'll be back Thursday for, for this great show. So, yeah, remember to join us on Thursday at 6 p.m. You know where to look for us. And, of course, subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms. Until then, goodbye.